I'm doing a series on the attitudes within our modern 21st century society that we as believers must detox from. So I looked at relative truth, where people say, your truth, my truth. If it's relative, it can't be truth. Truth is absolute. We discussed that a couple of weeks ago. So your truth, my truth, it's not our truth. It's the truth or not the truth. Am I right? That's a shock to our nation. Then we talked about the doctrine of the selfie, and thank you for a few of you who actually put selfies up on the internet, in church. I thought that was great. You're always welcome to do that. Um, But today, I want to explore an area that is really, it's a difficult area. It's the rise of anger and verbal abuse in our nation. And, And it's not just in our society, it has its equivalent in the church. People are getting angry, angrier and angrier. Do, do you agree? I have never seen such anger and vitriol directed towards people in our society. It's like you can't even have a difference of opinion, but someone gets really, really, really angry about it. You know, I, I remember years ago there was a, a footballer, I believe it was from Colombia, and he was a, a, a back, and he, he made a mistake and it led to a goal that got them kicked out of the World Cup. And a couple of weeks later they found his, his body in an alley. I mean, this is, people are angry, and they're even more angry today than they ever have been before. So don't get cranky at me if I speak about this, all right? But um, I want to talk about anger today. And let's face it, we all get angry at times. I heard about a man who was talking to his wife, and he said to her, he said, when I get angry at you, you never fight back. How do you control your anger? She replied, well, when when you get angry, I just go and scrub out the garbage bin. He said, well, how does that help? She said, I use your toothbrush. (laughs) See, we all have ways of dealing with anger. That was not a suggestion, ladies. I'm just putting it out there. Why are people so angry today? Uh, There's a guy called Fenon who said this, Humility is the source of all true greatness. Pride is ever impatient ready to be offended so call it what it is at its root anger is about pride and it is it has this incredible propensity to offense have you noticed that in our society that people get offended about everything i'm continually amazed at how offended people are on facebook about things that have no direct bearing on their life isn't it crazy you know people get offended on behalf of somebody else uh we have Facebook rage, we have road rage, we have domestic violence. Do you know currently one in six women and one in 16 men suffer domestic violence? And this will shock you, but this is a true statistic from our nation. One woman a week and one man a month are murdered by a current or former partner. That's how big the anger is in our society. We are an angry mob in 21st century Australia. So, But anger can be a force for evil, but it can also be a force for good. It can be a great motivator you know for change but it can also be a destructive force i know some people have criticized me and it gets me angry and it drives me on to do something amazing but then other times it just crushes me uh you know i want to examine the difference between godly and ungodly anger and discover how we can manage our anger in a godly way because we're all going to get angry have you noticed that you know we get angry at just the smallest thing these days And I think because it's building up, it's all around us all the time. We're going to explore that this morning. And I think we can all agree that we've never seen more anger uh, in our nation than today. People attack viciously 
when they see something they disagree with or don't get what they want. And the fact is, all of us get angry, especially in this modern society. Proverbs 12, 16 says this, The vexation of a fool is known at once, but the prudent ignores an insult. That should be, that should be the Facebook motto. The prudent ignore an insult. Because people are busy getting offended about every single thing happening. Anger itself is a natural emotion. It's not necessarily sin. But I would have to say it often leads to sin. We cannot avoid offence. But remember, we're not responsible for the offences that come our way. We are responsible for how we respond to those. So you can't stop someone being mean to you and making you angry, but you can control how you respond to it. Is that right? And you might say, well, I, I get angry and I can't control my anger. You might say, I get angry at my, my wife or husband and my kids and, and I just can't control it. Listen, as the pastor of this church, if I knocked on your door, you would control your anger. Am I right? Oh, hi, pastor. Ah, hi. Suddenly it's controlled. You can control it. Depends who's knocking on your door. Anger can be one of the most destructive of all human vices, causing hurt and pain to everyone around you and is on the rise in our society. You might have heard the, the term blind rage. Have you heard of that? That's when we become so angry, that, and we, obviously we don't behave as we ought when we're angry, but some people have what's called blind rage. The anger is so intense they become blind to what's really important. And it's a lot more common than you think, even among God's people. But James said this, listen to this, James 1.20, The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. I didn't say it, he said it. Blame James, get angry at him, not me. Psalm 37 verse 8, Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself, it, let, it tends only to evil. Almost all of the angry outbursts you've ever made in your entire life have tended towards evil. Am I right? Anger has always been part of man's psyche, but we need to understand the difference between sinful and righteous anger. People say to me, oh, well, I've got righteous anger. Have you? I have righteous anger when my football team doesn't win. But it's not righteous anger. We're going to look at that this morning because we throw this term around righteous anger, but is it? So let me first of all look at what sinful anger is, and then we'll look at what righteous anger is. What does sinful anger look like? Well, first of all, it's sudden. Sinful anger is most often sudden. It might take some time to build, but when it blows, it blows big time. Am I speaking to anyone here? I notice all the women are nudging their men because man's big problem is they have rage. That's what kind of in our, in our makeup. Women's big problem is worry. But guys, like, like me, we tend to, towards rage. Proverbs 29 verse 20 says, Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. We need to watch what we say and not explode. A woman approached the great evangelist Billy Sunday one day, time. She was justifying her anger. She said this, I might explode in anger, but it dissipates very quickly. Billy Sunday said, yes, so does a shotgun. It's all, it's all over very quickly. But look at the fallout. Look at the collateral damage. Look at the damage that is done. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 15, 18, a hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. Proverbs 29, 22, a man of wrath stirs up strife and one given to anger causes much transgression. Proverbs is full of this stuff. 
because it's it's foolishness if we think that that exploding in anger is going to work out well when I marry couples together I usually teach them a little tactic I teach them they can go time out because if, a, if an argument how many of you know arguments escalate is it only in my house no they, they do act, so you'll say something they say something back you say something back they say something back, and the whole thing's going up like this and it's getting more and more pressured and more and more heated but I teach couples when they're getting married I said either one of you have, have the right at any time to say time out and you both have to walk away for half an hour because when you come back after half an hour it's nowhere near as explosive because you've had time to think it through we'll get onto this in a minute but it's a great thing to do there is a reaction and a response the reaction is never righteous the knee-jerk reaction of being attacked by someone is to hit back in anger I remember our kids sitting there and and they were crying and I think it was was Christy and it might have been Christy and Tara I can't remember but anyway they, they'd had a bit of sort of an altercation we said what went on and Christy said well she hit me first after I hit her you see hitting back is almost always wrong a response in contrast takes a lot longer it is measured it is balanced it is calmly thought through suddenness is is most often wrong and you can't you can't replay it once your vitriol is out there the pain continues even when you say sorry you cannot unscramble an egg how many of you know that how many of you have said things that you've regretted all of us right and you can't take them back my friend Bill Newman tells the story of a, a woman who was saying bad things about a pastor. Of course, they don't exist in this church, but this woman was like that. And she was saying bad things. And she, eventually she went to him and she said, look, I was angry, Pastor, I'm sorry, please forgive me. He said, of course, he said, I'll forgive you. Oh, just one last thing. He said, I'd, I'd like you to, to take a pillow, go to the top of the little bluff that's above our town, rip the pillow open and throw all the feathers in the air. And she thought, well, that's that's a little weird my last church made me do Hail Mary's this is a bit weird so anyway she went to the top of the bluff pulled open the, the, the pillow out went all the feathers of course they floated all over town and she came back she said I've done that pastor he said oh one more thing could you pick them up because that is what our words do they fly all over the place and you can't take them back and they cause damage on a huge scale if we are not careful the second thing about unrighteous anger is seething some of you say well I don't explode but you see the lot you're the wall you know you're just another brick in the wall and uh, there's no sudden reaction here you suppress it and you, it's not deal but if you shove it down shove it down eventually the pressure cooker explodes to quote Bonnie Tyler you're living on a powder keg and giving off sparks having a real 70s feel to things today you know one day, I'm, I'm not a great cook. I'm getting better. <coughs> Thank you, HelloFresh. No, truly, that taught me a thing or two. But years ago, I decided to make pumpkin soup. Never made pumpkin soup. We had a big glass blender. I thought this would be great. So I boiled the pumpkin, and I shoved it in the glass blender. And I, and, and I just had too much pumpkin, so I shoved lots of it in the glass blender. Jammed the lid on. It was boiling hot. Hit the button and the, the the blender literally split in two and yellow stuff went everywhere years later we were finding bits of yellow in corners and and i got second degree burns up my arms i'm standing there and it's just i hit the button and it just went everywhere but that's what anger is like 
you shove it down, you shove it down, you don't deal with it, you put the lid on, you hit the button, bam, it just explodes everywhere. So those of you who seethe, we have to think of a better way. Ephesians 4 verse 26 to 27 says, Paul writes, do, uh, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity for the devil. You see, if we don't deal with anger, if we see then we sit on it for a while, it gets worse and worse. How many of you know that? And then at some point it is likely to explode. And it gives the devil an opportunity in your life. Suppressing your anger sets you up as a pressure cooker to explode. What do you think's behind mass shootings? What do you think's behind most divorces? You know, most people do not get divorced because uh, he he squeezes the, the the toothpaste in the middle and she rolls it from the bottom or something. You know, that the the issue itself is usually secondary. It's been building for a while, isn't that right? That's why we have these things. It will cause widespread and unbelievable damage if you keep suppressing it. Third thing about unrighteous anger is it's strifeful. Angry people cause strife wherever they go. They criticize everything. They separate friends. They blow up marriages. They bring cursing into people's lives around them and often scar them for life. Proverbs 29, 22 says, A man of wrath stirs up strife, and one given to anger causes much transgression. Some of you here would realize that much of your pain has been caused because of angry words spoken over your life at some point. And then you've retaliated, have you not? I have. It's really hard to sometimes keep your mouth shut and not retaliate. Some here would have been deeply hurt by something someone said in anger and you've carried it for years. See, a man of wrath stirs up strife wherever he goes. The fourth thing about unrighteous anger is it's sickening. Uncontrolled anger makes you sick. Everyone around you as well. Will Rogers said this, people who fly off in a rage seldom make a good landing. Anger affects people. Individuals who are chronically angry experience more high blood pressure, reduced immunity to, to disease, increased prevalence of cancer, diabetes, and of course, increased mental health issues, including substance abuse and suicide. Anger is, is behind much of this. Now make no mistake, uncontrolled anger is deadly for you and everyone else in the blast zone when you finally fire up. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 9 says this, Be not quick in your spirit to become angry. For anger lodges in the heart of fools. And then Psalm 38 says, There's no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation. There's no health in my bones because of my sin. Listen, if you harbor sin, if you just push it down, push it down, push it, and you don't deal with it, you can make yourself sick. Unforgiveness, which, which is behind much anger, which makes you angry, can make you actually sick. So that's, that's unrighteous anger. What does righteous anger look like? I mean, anger is mostly sinful, but sometimes it can be righteous. Now, let's get this clear. I, I really want to make this clear. Being right in your own eyes about a particular something does not make your anger righteous. It's, it, righteous doesn't mean you're right. You know, we always think we're right. Fiona used to say, every time we argue, you think you're right. I say, of course. If I didn't think I was right, I wouldn't argue. I said, besides, I'm not arguing. I'm just explaining why I'm right. There's a difference. So what are the characteristics of righteous anger? First of all, righteous anger is not personal. One of the things we see around us all over our society 
is the need to, and I think we need to detox from this, is anger that is personal. Angry people become character assassins. They attack people, not issues. Uh, recently, Fiona uh, read something on Facebook about a lady who said, my 18-year-old son is out of control. Does anybody know a good counsellor? And being a good counsellor herself, she, she sent a, a reply, yes, I know this guy, and he, he'll be able to help. Most people who commented on that post attacked her for being a bad parent. Because people are just angry, and they don't, they don't attack the issue. They attack the person. I can tell you as a pastor, I've been frequently attacked. I know that shocks you, but it does happen. But very rarely about doctrine or the way I do things, they, they tend to say things like, you're a lousy pastor, you're not called, you're not fit for the job. If you make your anger personal, it's not righteous. No matter how noble your cause. Matthew 12, 36 says this, I tell you on the... This is a scary verse. You want to know a scary verse? Jesus said this, I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned. How many of you have ever spoken angry words? My hand is up. So we need to be forgiven for this. We really do. The second thing about righteous anger is that it's not vengeful. Hebrews 10.30 says, We know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. In our anger, it is never right to seek revenge. I mentioned the other week, there, there are people who, if they have a bad experience, they go and leave a one-star review. You know? Trying to hurt that person's business, hurt that person's family. Because they feel so justified about how they were allegedly treated. You know, this is common now. This review thing is, is I, every business I talk to has got some sort of bad review. I only shared that a couple of weeks ago. I already got a bad review from someone who was, I think was completely unreasonable. See, attempting to destroy someone's reputation is something that's a personal attack. And it's trying to get vengeance upon them. That's not righteous anger. The third thing about righteous anger is it's not continual. Righteous anger is not chronic. It, is, it is, happens quickly and then it goes. Jesus is a good example. Because in John 2, verse 15, it says, Making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold pigeons, take these things away, do not make my father's house a house of trade. But just a, a chapter later, we read, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. You see, it's a, it, Jesus got angry at, the, at the, the, the profiteers in the temple. But it was gone very quickly. Because mostly, he was very encouraging in what he said. Today, D Jesus doesn't condemn you. He did not come to condemn the world. Even if you explode in anger. Some of you here are, are angry at God. Whether, whether you think that's right or wrong, some of you may be. But he doesn't care. He's not here to, go, to get mad on you because of your sin. He's here to save you from your sin. Because godly anger should be short-term. Chronic anger is counterproductive. If, I don't know if you're an angry person or if you know angry people, but if they're angry about everything, when they get angry about something legitimately, you go, yeah, just like everything else. It's, it's the boy who cried wolf. Actually, the boy who screamed it outrageously wolf. Because if you're constantly angry, when you do get legitimately angry, no one pays attention. 
because you're just an angry person. Now, please understand, if you have anger issues, Jesus is not angry at you. He loves you, but he wants to set you free and stop any collateral damage to people around you. So let me ask you, are you growing an anger tree? I'm a terrible gardener. I have a, I'm, this is my form of gardening. I put something in the ground, and then it's God's problem from that, that point on. I touch it not. And if it grows, it's healthy. And if it doesn't, it was never destined to be. That's, how, that's my form of gardening, right? But anger grows very subtly over time. Now, I'm going to look at this verse, Ephesians 4, verse uh, 31. Because we're going to have a close look at this. This is how anger grows. It says this, Ephesians 4.31, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. So that's the steps that, that, that grow. Let's have a look at them. Number one, bitterness, a bitter, bitter root. The birth of true sinful anger is usually bitterness. When you fail to forgive, when you fail to dig this root out, it will grow to give you a harvest that you don't want. Hebrews 12, 15. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up that causes trouble. For by it many have been defiled. The second thing is wrath. That's when your heart is boiling. And this speaks of the heat you feel in your heart when you let that root grow and you begin to a sort of a slow burn. You know, have you met people that are sort of edgy and, and sort of almost angry about everything? They're not actually angry, but you walk on eggshells around them. Anybody here? met someone like that anybody here married to someone no i won't go there um but you know what i mean these people are out there and you say everything you do you think oh are they gonna oh no i made it through that one you know the third thing is anger and and that's the beginning display when you're starting to get mad you know your jaw tightens your veins pop out on your neck your blood pressure is raised the fourth one is clamor which is when you start to outburst an explosion of anger you know, someone once said, I've got half a mind to tell him off. I said, don't do it. You will have nothing left. I can't spare half a mind. But most of us, you know, most of us, we, we, we've done this at some point in our life. This leads to slander, which is where we start to character assassinate uh, uh, people. Your anger hurts and destroys others. And you even start to say things you don't mean. Have you ever said things you don't mean? Yes, I do this all the time. And I say things and I go, oh, didn't really mean that. But it's out there, isn't it? You know, at this point, you've turned your heart over to anger and you're controlled by anger. Then there's malice, which is a blazing vengeance. Do you know 60% of all homicides in America take place in the home? 60%. And see, the end of anger is like is a raised fist or a knife or a gun or a keyboard or a tongue seeking vengeance is the true end end of anger's path and it results in us saying words that we don't even mean and it can often cause incredible harm every week i saw i couldn't believe this statistic every week in australia a thousand divorces occur between angry people did you know a thousand Fifty-five thousand in the last 12 months in australia isn't that nuts we are an angry people Someone once asked Fiona if she ever thought of divorcing me. And she was horrified. She was shocked. She said, divorce? I've never thought of divorce. I've thought of murder many times, but never divorce. So that's why she's a godly woman. But this is serious stuff. So let me move on to the antidote for anger. How do we overcome anger? What can we do 
to stop being so angry. You know, sometimes we get angry, we don't even know why we're angry. Have you ever been that way? I know I'm angry and I don't even know why. I'm not even going to comment on that, you know. Like, like you, you just, and, and it's like everything. And, and we've, there's got to be a way around it. Let me look at the antidote for anger. And we're going to use anger, A-N-G-E-R. A, admit your sin. Stop justifying your bad behavior and say, Lord, I'm calling it what it is. My anger is sin. Please forgive me. It's that simple. If we confess our sins, as people, we're really good at passing the buck, aren't we? We love to blame others. I've said this before, but I like it. You know, Adam blamed Eve. Eve blamed the snake. Snake didn't have a leg to stand on. That is where we're at. We, do, we play the blame game down the line, blaming someone all the time. We need to just man up and say, okay, it's my fault, I'm sorry. And beware also of blaming the devil and demons. Have you heard the phrase, he has a demon of anger? Who's heard that? Who's always oh, a demon of anger? Listen, demons can irritate you, tempt you, influence you. But if you're a Christian, they don't cause you to sin. What they do is they tempt you to sin. But you still make a decision. You don't need a demon of anger cast out of you. You need to repent of the sin of anger. So admit your, your sin and say, Lord, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to purify us. If you feel anger raging inside of you, stop blaming devils or anything else. Just say, Lord, I'm sorry. Admit, admit your anger. The second thing is to nullify the negatives. Our modern lives are so full of things designed to make us angry, anxious and fearful aren't they there is always a narrative out there in the media that is that is something is a disaster is impending you know whether 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 it's climate change or whether it's this that or the other you know there's always something coming oh my goodness we may never survive this week just like we almost didn't survive last week you know you need to nullify this especially on social media stop filling your head with negatives instead fill your mind with the things that are godly and positive if you are at peace you're not easily angry have you ever seen somebody everyone around them is angry and they're sitting in the middle going no i'm chilled there are people like that people who are at peace when all around them is war how can they do that it's because they don't buy into all that stuff philippians 4 verses 7 to 8 now listen to this we love this verse because we say to people, if you need peace in your life, if you've got anger bubbling in there, if you've got things going, you need peace in your life. So we quote this verse, Ephesians 4, 7. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And we forget the very next verse says this, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is anything of excellence or worthy of praise, think about these things. There's a link. If you want peace in your heart, fill your mind with good stuff. And all of a sudden you won't be as angry as often because your mind will be filled with good stuff. So fill it with good stuff and peace will come your way. So that's A, that's N. The next one is the tough one, G, guard your mouth. A woman talked to her counsellor about her husband's sudden uncontrollable outburst of anger. Well, when the doctor suggested listen to her he suggested that when an outburst is imminent when you can feel the pressure rising he said you should drink a glass of water but instead of swallowing it swill it around in your mouth until he calms down 
She thought that was strange advice, but she was so desperate to do it, she tried it. She comes back two weeks later, she's delighted with the results. Her husband has not even blown up once. How does it work, she asked. The counsellor said, the water does nothing. What really works is when you keep your mouth shut. That's what works. Psalm 141 verse 3 said, A guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Proverbs 12, 18. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrust, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Ephesians 4, 29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only what is good for building others up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to all who hear. So if you're going to say something, ask yourself the question, is it something positive? Because many of the things we say actually are designed to cause pain. They're not designed to cause correction, they're designed to, to cause pain. We need to watch what we say because our mouths escalate anger. Make sure your speech is seasoned with salt, with love and with grace. So how do you speak to others around you? Does your mouth escalate or de-escalate anger? There's a question for you. Have a look at the last confrontation you had with someone you love. Did your words escalate that or de-escalate that? Because we, one word can cause the thing to ramp up or to ramp down. That's the power of words. So put a guard on your mouth. E is for extricate the root of bitterness. Take it out. Sometimes there is unforgiveness dug down deep in our hearts, which becomes bitterness, the root of the evil anger plant. Listen, you don't need anger management classes. You know why? You don't need to manage that. You need to rip it out, not manage it. We need to rip that, that root right out. Ephesians 4:31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all kinds of malice. We saw that before. Very next verse, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. See, forgiveness is the key. And sometimes it's hard to forgive, especially when you feel you are the victim. But harboring unforgiveness, not letting go, not forgiving people is like drinking poison hoping the other guy dies. He doesn't. He doesn't even know you're you're angry and bitter. Normally he just goes on with life. He doesn't even care. He hasn't got a clue. But you are tearing yourself apart inside because you won't let go of it. We have to let go of that root of bitterness. We have to dig it out. If you're holding on to unforgiveness, then you have to dig it out. Now, I realize it's a lot easier. I don't know if you've ever had to dig the root of, of a tree out. Um, you know, where they, they chop it down and, and this sort of stuff, but then you've got to dig all around, you've got to dig it out. I can tell you it's a lot easier to do it with other people. It's pretty hard work by yourself. And in the same way, digging a root of bitterness out of your life is a lot easier if you have people to share the journey with you. And this church has, has a group just like that that will, will pray with you, that will help you dig this stuff out. Because until you dig it out, you won't be set free. And we want you set free. So, I want to encourage you with the last one, R, for anger, is to respond, not react. Reactions are almost never right. So shut your mouth, step away, take time out, pray, and seek a godly response. That's why James 1.19 says, Let every person be quick to hear, slow to anger, slow to speech. 
For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Let me tell you this morning, there is so much anger out in this world, but there is a healer for anger. There is one who can heal your anger. Time doesn't heal. In fact, with anger, time often makes it worse. Have you noticed that? The longer you stew on it, the longer you sort of ruminate on it, the longer you run it around in your head, your anger actually increases. It doesn't, time doesn't heal it at all. Time doesn't heal it, but God does heal it, and he, he can heal you today. Your own efforts cannot, listen to this, your own efforts cannot overcome, but if you yield your life to Jesus today, he'll begin to heal you and set you free from the anger that can publicly or quietly consume you. Now, you may have every right to be angry, but that doesn't make your anger righteous. If you're angry today, can you yield your life to him? You can't solve your anger. You can't heal the bitterness. You've, you might find it hard to forgive what, what someone has done to you, but you can give your life to Jesus and he can make you whole. That's what we're about. This is, I can't make you whole. Your friends can't make you whole. Jeez, we speak Jesus into the hurt and bitterness that you might be struggling with and carrying with you. Have you spoken, let me ask you, have you spoken words of anger lately? Most of us have at one time or other. Well, let me ask you something. Have you, have you asked God to forgive you for that? Have you asked them to forgive you, someone you've hurt? Most of us haven't done it. But it's, it's such a freeing experience if you, just, if, you, if you say, I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me. The person you've hurt, please forgive me. You might say, well, I don't need to apologize. It wasn't my fault. Listen, being right doesn't matter. Being the right Christian matters. Whether you're right or wrong, whether someone hurting you has been justified or not, you know, it may, may just be that if you forgive that person, not only will you turn your life around, but you might be able to reach them with the love of God as well. See, admitting and repenting to anger frees us so we can experience the full measure of God's love and grace. Let me reiterate, God is angry with sin, but he loves you. He's not angry at you for your anger, but he doesn't want to see you hurting yourself and everyone around you like what's happening all over our nation today. You know, growing up, I don't remember a single case of road rage. I'd never heard of it. And yet it's quite prevalent now. People, someone cuts you off in the traffic or you cut someone else off, they start screaming at you, throwing all these signs at you. You know, like it's, people are angry, are they not? Today is the day you can come to Jesus and discover the reason for which you were born and it's not to be angry at everything. If you are struggling with anger, today is the day you can be set free. This is a very real thing. It's, I think it's highlighted in our society. I mean, people have always been angry. But now they feel like they've got a license to be angry and behave badly as well. Because the anonymity of the internet means you can get on there, say things you would never say to their face. And you say that and you feel you can do it and walk away completely untouched. You can, you can say whatever you like and get away with it. That's not true because God's watching. And Jesus loves you. He does not want you to be controlled by this stuff. So if you have difficulty, if you find yourself being angry this morning, I'm going to ask you to respond to the Lord and give it to Him. Some of you here have been deeply hurt by the words of others. And this is your moment too to be set free, to pull that root of bitterness out and destroy the anger plant. And I want to challenge you as well. If you've been hurt by somebody else, and you're still carrying that with you, that you need to respond to the Lord this morning 
Because this is the moment you can be set free from this forever. You might say, I, I, I don't think that can happen. What's happened to me was so long ago. But if it's still controlling your life now, if it's still affecting you now, you've got to let go of that. I've seen people set free from phenomenal bad things that have been done to them. But if they held on to it, they would be captives of their own making. But they, they, they released it and were set free. Corrie ten Boom, the great um, evangelist, went through uh, Ravensbrück concentration camp during the war. And after the war, she was preaching at a meeting in Munich. And a guy came up to her and he said, he said, that was a wonderful message. Thank you. Do you remember me? And she looked at him. She couldn't quite place him. He said, I was one of your guards at the prison camp. Now, her, her sister was murdered at that camp, along with many thousands and thousands of others. And he said to her, he said, I want to ask your forgiveness. And he put out his hand. And she said, man, everything inside me said, I don't want to touch this guy. I don't want to go anywhere near him. Can you imagine it? The evil that he'd done in your life. But then she said, she said, Lord, I yield this to you. And she said, and God was the one who moved my hand out to grab his hand. And she said, I forgive you in the name of Jesus. Now, if someone can do that, you can let go of whatever's been controlling you. Would you bow your heads in prayer? Heavenly Father, we just want to open our hearts to you this morning. Because some of us here struggle with anger. We find ourselves getting angry, even without reason. With our wife, with our husband, with our kids, with our parents, with our friends, with society, with everything that's going on. The anger of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God, James said. It's still true. So if you're an angry person, if you find yourself angry, I'm going to pray this prayer with you. I want you to pray it with me because we want you set free from that anger today. Say this, Lord Jesus, I repent of the sin of anger. I turn away from it and I turn to you. Forgive me for my sin. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. That I might be a shining example to my people. Some of you here also have been hurt by the anger of others, by things people have said or done. Some of them won't even realize they've hurt you. But if that is controlling your life, this is your moment to be set free from it. And I believe God is speaking to you this morning. Say, don't, don't carry this any longer. Be set free. If you, are, if you are carrying hurts and burdens that someone said or done something to you, and it still plagues your thoughts. You still wake up at night sometimes thinking about it. You still, you walk into a room and you see that person and something inside you kind of almost explodes. If that's the case, then this is controlling your life and you need to repent of that too. We need to dig this root of bitterness out. If you are struggling with that this morning, even online, if you're struggling with that this morning, I want you to pray this prayer. Let's seek the Lord together. Say, Lord Jesus. Please forgive me of my sin of anger. I pray a blessing on those who've hurt me. And I yield my life totally to you. 
Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And empower me to live a righteous life for you. Now, if you prayed either of those two prayers, I'm just going to ask you where you are to shoot your hand up just very quickly. There will probably be lots of you. It's not... There is. There's lots. There's lots. And that's good. Let's stand together. Just continue in an attitude of prayer. Just quieten your heart. Close your eyes. Because I've got to tell you, God's destiny for you is not to keep grappling with this stuff. He wants to set you free this morning. So we're going to sing, I Speak Jesus. And as we sing this, we... I'm going to invite you to the front because this morning you are going to be set free. You are going to be set free from something that has controlled your life. This is a wonderful day and there's many of you, so don't be frightened. Come right to the front as we sing this song and we're together we're going to pray, we're going to believe God for salvation, for, for, for being set free, for being brought back from this stuff. Only Jesus, only Jesus can do this. So let's just pray together. Father, I pray that you will give every person who raised their hand courage to come to the front. Today we want to do business with you. We want to be set free from this anger that so besets our society. Lord, we want to detox from this stuff once now forever and get it out of the way that we might become incredible, productive, wonderful, God-glorifying, Christ-centered, righteous Christians. Speak to us, we pray, Jesus.